The following program contains irreverent humor, brilliant insights, and story elements from television or film that may give away important details. We got spoilers, or as they say in Klingon, Gumaka. Don't say we didn't warn you. In the Star Trek universe, folks on Earth live in peaceful harmony, work hard to pursue their passion, and everyone has the latest smartphone, even though there's no money. For a culture that prides itself on free love and harmony, the United Federation of Planets always seems to get into a fight on every show. In the cliffhanger episode, Siwis Pacum Parabellum, which is Latin for, if you seek peace, prepare for war. In other words, you don't want to fuck with me now that we're friends, darling. Michael Burnham goes on a date with her new boyfriend, Ash Tyler, to Pavo, a blue planet full of magical beings who sing together as one. Saru is chaperoning them on this field trip to unlock the secrets of a giant crystal antenna, which the Federation thinks will help them detect Klingon vessels that are cloaked and end the war once and for all. But like in all Star Trek episodes, those peace-loving plant hippies have a way of fucking your shit up! What the Trek? Welcome to the podcast where we fabulously explore all the strange new episodes from the TV series Star Trek Discovery. I'm your ship's captain, Fausto Fernos, who can reprogram an alien computer to escape a prison ship, but I can't seem to calculate the tip when the bill comes at a restaurant. Please welcome my first officer and husband, Mark Felian, who knows how to do the Vulcan nerve pinch, but for orgasms. Brrr. Woof. Looks like somebody's going through pan far. And please welcome our ship's cruise director, Colette Gregory, who's sick and tired of all that sticky mess y'all keep leaving in the holodeck. Why is this clinging on me? <laughs> Honey, that's not a hologram. It's for real. Mm-hmm. And our ship's little miss know-it-all, Brian Sweeney, who's stuck in a time fruit loop. Hey, mmm, hey, mmm, hey, mmm. Would you like some milk for your cereal? Hey, mmm, yes, hey, mmm. Wait, we have to play white class. Oh, oh yes, oh shit. Staying alive. Yes, we try to stay alive. Staying alive. So Mr. Funkmaster, play some Bee Gees. Staying alive. Hey, let's land on this planet that's full of plants, all about peace and harmony, man. Do you like space hippies? I sure do. Let's have like a seven minute uh, personal log that's just a bunch of exposition that you better be paying attention to when they're like, apparently, where Michael Burnham in the beginning is like, this planet makes its own uh, unique sets of noises, and they're in harmony, blah, it's blah. It's called music, man, and it's about synergy and harmony. It's Woo! my scene, it freaks me out. But somehow they're going to use it to detect uh, Klingon vessels that are hidden from them. Yeah, yeah. they're going to tap into its sonar power. Mm. It's called the power of music. Mm. So Star Trek came out of the 60s, and the 60s were, folks were really caught up with 
nuclear holocaust and the consequences of a global war. The atomic age. The atomic age, right? And so the, the whole idea is that Star Trek was this utopia, that humanity had gone through a lot of awful things and come out the other side better and now unified, not just as a planet, but with other planets, a federation of planets to explore the universe. A united federation of planets, you might say. <laughs> and in this, uh, this utopia, you don't have money. Um, in some ways, uh, what drives society forward is personal improvement and not necessarily competition. So conflict, competition, uh, scarcity of resources has been resolved. But for some reason, on every single Star Trek episode from the beginning to this now, there are always somebody's fighting with somebody else. And part of it is, I think, it's because the screenwriters you know, have a hard time creating conflict, dramatic conflict, that isn't involved in, in two entities fighting with each other. Well, that's where the drama comes from. I mean, that's where the story comes from, was just people being around, hey, love, peace, and harmony. It would just be like a porno film. Well, drama is conflict. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that whenever we see a society that is actual a utopia, a, a peace, love, and harmony, um, whether it's the Borg or the space hippies on the way to Eden— they're always up to no good. Well, there's a dark side to it, right? Well, if you want peace, girl, you need to prepare for war. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> That's the title of the show. Oh, okay. That's where I heard. <laughs> and part of it is, I think, it's this idea that in order to get along with people, you have to give up your individuality. And I think Americans value individuality a lot. And the Western values behind Star Trek is sort of like, let's all get along with each other as long as we're all speaking English. Mm. As long as we sort of have, wear the same clothes and have the same haircuts. And have the same values. Mm -hmm. and, and, and part of it is, you know, as, as we sort of move forward in time, it, it, Star Trek has sort of evolved and changed, and yet it still sometimes relies on these tropes. And I think this episode, certainly, you know, this planet of Pandora... The, the perfect planet of the glowing plants that sing and talk to each other. Ultimately, you know, um, there there's some sinister aspect to that because the plants seem to take over uh, Saru and Saru just freaks the hell out. Right, he becomes. Right. He can't handle his shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. This is the problem with when we have first contact with this planet. You don't know what to expect. You don't know how what's going to go down. And Saru is like his is a species that constantly lived in fear because they were preyed upon. So his thing was like, I'm always afraid, and now I come to this place, and it's like I find harmony and peace. And so for him, like it's it's, it's a great relief, and it's it's like he's overwhelmed. It's kind of like those born again Christians, you know, mm -hmm. you come and you're this terrible sinner that is like all of a sudden I found Jesus and everything is okay. But he, also, drank, uh, he drank the Kool-Aid, and now he's, like, proselytizing and <laughs> trying to get everybody else to drink the Kool-Aid. Well, well, he busted a load when the when the thing, like, talked to him or whatever. Do they he have was loads? Like, I think so. They have fish loads. And he's like, uh, like, he made this noise where he was like, uh, and then he, like, went back, and he's like, we're just fucking staying here, guys. Mm -hmm. Well, so for me, as a therapist watching that, I was imagining, like, okay, Saru is but living his life in constant anxiety. So imagine the things that you feel when you're always under anxiety and stress. So you're having, you know, the rapid heartbeat, you're always on edge, you're always ready for like fight or flight. And so this is the one time that he got to like a, a place of homeostasis. And so I could see why that for him was like very attractive and comforting. And so, you know, like anybody who finds a new religion, uh, they kind of go off the deep end. 
And it's where we discover that Saru can crush communicators with his bare hands. Hell yeah. Punch holes into computers. Hell why yeah. Why he can run like a Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, you got some Jamaican in him. Like, you said bold or something. Did, oh, forget, yeah. yeah. Forget about the tardigrade. Why don't they just uh, weaponize the Kelpians? That's what I'm like. Okay, I mean, he could right? beat the shit out of any Klingon. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's amazing, like, he's got all that power and strength. It's like, what's the actual creature that feeds on him? Yeah. You know, what are they like? Yeah. We'll be seeing those species that engineered uh, Saru in future episodes, mm. and they're not going to be nice. I also, like, how did Harry Mudd take over last week? What do you if, mean? Like, if he senses danger and death and stuff, Harry Mudd was killing every single one of them over and over and over. Whatever. Yeah. Don't be poking holes in the plot. Well, I'm sure Maybe that, I'm the, sure that that was something that he the fixed. The space whale, yeah. probably. Well, it was something know. he mm-hmm. fixed with the time crystal. Now, this is an interesting uh, concept that I see all the time in Star Trek, right? Is that they're, they're this um, post-scarcity society where... Um, personal improvement is drives people forward. They're they're pursuing their interests and their passions is ultimately what's making the world go round on Earth and in the United Federation of Planets. But there's some studies that have been done that says that conservative people are wired differently than liberal people in that it's not a well enough to do your job or to buy a house or get recognition. Conservative people need to know that others don't have what they have had gotten. The value behind their reward is in making sure that it's been denied to others. And this reminds me of Eddie Murphy's comedy routine mm. with the ice cream. <laughs> I got ice cream and you don't have any because your mama is poor. And your daddy's on welfare. You are on the welfare. Yeah. Um, well, it is a post-scarcity society, but that's just Earth and... Once they leave Earth, even before they leave Earth, the way that they fuel their ships is with dilithium crystals, and they are scarce. So it's not a post-scarcity society. Like, they've just moved from capitalism on Earth, and with the conservative belief that others need, uh, that you feel better when others don't, we have an economic system that uh, pits people against each other for things to live and then we also have just guns everywhere. But uh, I think are you it, saying the Federation of Planets are a bunch of hypocrites? Yes. Well, in the way they position themselves to other species, and maybe the Klingons have a point. We do well, not come in peace. Well, yeah. I mean, that was something I think I said on the first episode mm-hmm. that they were the Klingons didn't do anything wrong here. Like she, they were invaded. So and then you for better them, think of the words you're about to say right now, because that's gonna take a licking. For them, uh, that's a reference to a Star Trek episode. Oh, I like the licking part. Was it Voyager? Mm-hmm. No, it was. Oh my! I can't believe you that's remember Scotty, that. Scotty, I know. He's about Scotty. to punch the guy because he's talking about yes, how the Klingons said, did him wrong. Garbage scout. He called the ship. I know it's a trouble. You better with think about Second the season. words you're about to say. Yeah, he says, "Laddie." You better take a hard yes. Anyway, because <laughs> yeah, you're right Cyrano now. Cyrano Jones, you're on the side of the Klingons here. I'm not on the side of the Klingons. However, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. While we have a set of, uh, it's it is a it's hubris. It's human hubris, but it's also it's very much American hubris. In the and we see it all the time in like mm-hmm. the Middle East or even with liberals and Republicans. Everyone thinking like, well, 
uh, women like it won't vote for Trump because that's crazy because he hates women or whatever and it's bad for women and then he got a majority of uh, white women's vote mm-hmm. but that's, never forget but that is saying that you want that the values that you have are the exact same values that every single other person has just because you think that women should be empowered and you want to go out and want to have equal or whatever mm-hmm. doesn't mean that every woman and this is just for women in this specific instance it says that like i don't want a man to be the breadwinner and mm-hmm. i will you know have the 50s housewife donna reed shit and the men will protect us and then I'll just and I'll do that's the how society works in my point of view. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, Yeah. if that's your thing as liberals, we're supposed to say or like liberals are supposed to say like, yes, that is a good thing. However, that's not what liberals do. They just say you're wrong. Mm -hmm. So like it's and that is the exact same thing that conservatives do. But they're just worse about it. What anyway, does that have to do with Klingons? Because yeah. I'm saying, because I'm saying that uh, we're, we're putting we're values. imposing values. Oh. So I'm trying to put it into terms that we can understand mm-hmm. by saying it doesn't make sense why you would not want this because it's great for you. But if that's not what you want, that's just not what you fucking want. Like if you want like your parents to pay for everything and you're like 50 or whatever, and you just don't want to move or whatever. That's your right. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to be like, but it's better to get so out of here. So you're saying that the Federation is colonialist and that it takes the agency of other civilizations' desire to decide for themselves what they want. Well, what they want to do in this particular episode is set up. Uh, they want to set up a station like for war. They want to, in the same way that we have all those th- all the things in the fucking Middle East, which is why. They wanted 9-11 to happen. Like, it's why Bin Laden said 9-11 happened was because we didn't leave after uh, we fought uh, against in the uh, Russian war. Mm-hmm. So, and we set up all these stations and all these whatever. And we we're just all over the place, all over the world, America is. And that's what the Federation wants with this perfectly peaceful planet. And it's a very, there's, and I don't feel like this episode. So you think it's conscious that they're making a comparison to the Middle East? No, I don't think they are. But, and if they are, it's extremely muddled. I think that it, there is a, they could be making it, but they don't. The, that they should be playing up the irony of them saying, you're a very peaceful people. All we want to do is just sit here so that we can get the upper hand in a war. And they're saying it to the people that are like, they only want harmony. Listen, the only thing that that we want is this war to end. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what they want. What they want is the Federation to be victorious in this war. It's just like last year with the election being like, whoever wins, we have to come together. What you meant was when Hillary wins, we all have to come together mm-hmm. and you all have to fall in line because we're scared of you guys. Right. And that's and then when she didn't win, we saw like what happened. And it's like, no, we're not we're not falling in line. You guys are not. And that's and that's and I'm not saying I'm not making value judgments on that. I'm just saying that that is what this episode is. And they don't hit it as much as they they don't hit it at all. Like what she's saying is ridiculous too, and they never seem. Well, to, who's saying to what? What Michael, Michael Burnham, Burnham and all, and even Saru and all of them. What what they're saying, and it's a it's a troubling thing because like the 
the uh, po- 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 Pavoans? Pavo. Pavoans. Just think of Turkey and Spanish. Pavoans. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, they, oh got it. Got it. Got it. Pavans. They call them the Pavans. Uh, they can't. Yeah. They don't speak. Which I thought they were going to be speaking through Sarah. Well, they're technically not even beings. I, I know, but like yeah. it's it's tough to. What is it? They're they're five eighths of a being. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> It's tough for them I to. Uh, well, there's some kind of entity, okay. right, with consciousness. There's. They are. Know, are they no, they're, they're, they or are, are they many. They are the planet, Sorry for which that. is okay. a very Star Trek thing. Very but, Pandora, too, right? Yes, but um, like they don't have an argument back or of saying of things because what we're doing is taking advantage of them. That's like what the Federation is doing, saying like, listen. This is all great. Well, like they, we are, because as the Klingon said in like the first episode, like. When they come here, they say, we come in peace. And that is what they're saying. But they're, what, well, yeah, I right. think that they did hit it, but they didn't uh, play up the irony as That's much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, because like Michael Burnham said to them, like, you are a peaceful planet. And in order for us to achieve peace, we need to be able to use your planet for war. Yeah, so that we peace can go- through yeah. war. So she, she made that she made that point. But yeah. They, and then they're just going to get up and leave? Like, that's not what we do. Yeah. That's but not, then the, the Pobbins kind of got back at them. We're like, actually, you guys need to kiss and make up. They decided they wanted to be like a marriage council. And so they set them up on, you know, a counseling date with the, the Klingons. Uh, upcoming. Is that really what happened? Or did Tyler get in there and, like, do something with the computer and, and send a message to the Klingons? This is where I am. Come find me. Well, now, are we going to get into that? Well, well. one second. Before we move forward. <laughs> okay. So okay. we presented this this planet, uh, uh, like Pandora. Um, it, it's this, you know, pa- pa- a planet that's interconnected completely through music. And um, it, there's a lot of references to the original series, um, The Way to Eden, but also to The Cage. No, this, side, the, of, this side of Paradise is the biggest one. Well, in The Cage, uh, there's blue plants that sing, and, 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 and they touch them, and they interact with them. And in, in The Way to Eden, music is being used to sort of, like, control people's minds to, to sort of subvert this ship. This side of Paradise is the one with the spores, where... And maybe there's all, other episodes where they as well, all yeah. become peaceful and mm-hmm. leave the Enterprise, and Kirk has to fight Spock to get him out of. It's where he's like, "I'm not going back, Jim," and because he's in love. But visually, I think uh, the planet uh, Pavo is very much a reference to Pandora, uh, James Cameron's Pandora with Ava- the movie Avatar. I think so with the interconnected, yeah, uh, yeah and, and the bluish it, it hue. It did look bluish. amazing. And like, there was again, one scene where it had like a uh, violet and purple, and you're like, "Oh, there's a little glimpse of Pandora right there." But well, again, like, here you have a tree, you know, which is the tree of life or the tree from the, the Pandora, crystal tree, yeah. the crystal tree, and it's very similar to those. Same plot of Avatar is, is that so humanity is exploiting nature for its own selfish ends. Even if that selfish end ultimately might be, you know, peace, it's still at the cost or putting the planet at risk. It is also like in, in the uh, the second season episode, the Apple from the original series, where they find a beloved, uh, a benevolent, loving hippie culture who's just simple. And they give all they like they have this computer God being that gives them everything that they want. And so Kirk destroys it. And he's like, you have to figure out how to live your own life. And then they leave. <laughs> and but figure they, out they make like Yeah. And they make the point like he says, like, I fear that we've just introduced the apple into paradise, which 
the it, Apple computer. Yeah, <laughs> the Apple computer. Yeah, yeah it was weird. And then Spock that. walked out yeah. in a black turtleneck. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Steve Wozniak was Dr. McCoy. <laughs> well, and, and it is sort of interesting in the future, you know, nobody needs to upgrade their smartphones or their communication devices. They're all sort of provided for them. You know, you have an, uh, even, even life on the ship is, is, you know, the conflict is based on Michael Burnham's betrayal of Star Trek's values, but no one's like, oh, you have the new communicator badge? I have to use the old one, and my always malfunctions, you know? And it's like, I can't replicate, yeah. uh, my replicator uh, rations have been, ex- you know, and so Star Trek is always trying to, like, struggle through this utopia that it's created, because it full. I would say two things, it fully doesn't understand the writers what this utopia is about, and another thing is that it's politically very challenged to actually fully portray what life on Earth would be like in this time period. Yeah, well, they've like there's a Deep Space Nine episode where Cisco goes back to like uh, I think his dad is from like New Orleans and yes. New Orleans, and he has like a gumbo store or mm-hmm. something, and it's like restaurant. Yeah, it's like uh, who like what like how are we? and it's it's that thing where they're just like oh we just make these things so people are happy, and it's like why would you? Like, what's the point? Because, like, the dad is, like, working hard, and it's, like, is this... And he's, like, 70, and it's, like, that's just because he's happy? Like, because it's always been weird, because also they sometimes use credits. Like, they will say things where it's, like, well, then what are you? Because you always... Because... Do you it, have money or not in the future? It's very vague. It's never in the same way of, like, does Data have feelings? And it's, like, yes, he has to have feelings, because, like, they say many times that, like, he's, like... I I noticed Tasha Yar's uh, like absence, and it's like, yeah, well, you have feelings then. But anyway, there's those certain types of uh, questions. But the, it's a it's a very tough thing for the writers, and Star Trek has dealt with it a lot. In TNG, that was where Roddenberry was like, no, they wouldn't do that. And like until like he got too sick to 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 protest. To, yeah, and so like then they just really like sort of like okay, well they have to have arguments. And we're, we're a Western audience, and we have uh, even if uh, those of us who are trying to be more uh, egalitarian and definitely you know believe in socialism to some degree, um, we feel very threatened when those those capitalistic values are somewhat challenged in a series like Star Trek. Um, now, the planet has invited this conflict to happen between the Star, the Federation Starfleet and the Klingons, and I'm wondering if this might be an origin story for where the crystalline entity came from. <laughs> because then the planet absorbs all the violence and becomes this violent entity that travels through the universe. What if that, <laughs> what if Star Trek Discovery is all just a big like thing just Prequel to, to have everything of the crystalline entity? <laughs> it could for be. people that don't know the crystalline entity, it was something that was in TNG, right? The next generation. The next generation. Yes. Spoken of in uh, the episode Data Lore from the first season, and then they brought it back to Silica with Silicon Avatar, I mm. believe, in the fifth season or the yeah. sixth season. And it was a, 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 a crystal entity. It was like this giant asteroid, really, or something, right? And it's it like was a giant crystal. A it giant looked like crystal. a DNA strand kind Life of. Life on the planet Pavo. Yeah. And it was just it was blue? 
It was no, blue. I don't think Blue-ish. it was. Well, I think it was yellow. But oh. it, but it also it uh it just sucked the life out of everything, right? It destroyed uh, Data's home world or Data's Dr. home world, Kanye and then his. Thing. And wasn't like there was some woman that was out to get revenge against Data because of that or something? Uh, wasn't his it mom? It is blue. Just so, just so you know, yeah, the crystal entity is blue. Yeah, uh, the uh, same sucks. colors. As Pavo's planet. Oh, so maybe, oh. so maybe it, uh, it, it, it I took a all photo that hate. Of it. I'm looking at you know, it. this place had been living, you know, undisturbed, right, in peaceful harmony, and then you get a little outside influence, and there you go. As far as we know, because. So do, you see the, do you see the picture on my screen? Yes. That? that looks I, exactly like it could be from Paul. I knew what the, I know what the silicon avatar looks like, or the uh, crystalline entity. But like uh, Saru. If if say like there wasn't a discovery ship and all that stuff, they would have just been staying there. Like if so, they could have been contacted many times over. It's but once they spoke to people, the people are like, mm-hmm. we're just going to stay here forever. And so and you'd never hear. Yeah, and so you'd never hear. It, it'll be like it's, uh, what is it in Serenity or Firefly that uh, you know we find out we're wondering why this one character why she's so weird and what's going on why does everybody want her it's because they genetically manipulated these these humans to take out all their aggression and then they lost their aggre- aggression and then they just got uh, lazy and just like would die at their desks. You know, spoiler. So, um, <laughs> Ash Ash Tyler, if he is a Klingon. I think a lot of people will be upset. Don't you guys agree? If he's yeah. a Klingon, he's a bad kisser. Ouch. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So most Klingons are good. Well, well, no, kiss? I was, the kiss between him and Burnham is, you know, in this episode, he and Burnham had the little saddest kiss I've ever seen in my entire life. I did not get moist at all watching mm. that. It was just like <laughs> not romantic, not sexy. There was no heat there, no chemistry. It was very mechanical. I can go on and on. And it was so much different than like last week where they yeah. were stuck in that time loop and they had that kiss and you're just like, you felt it. Yeah. But she was, like, you were super felt, wet. Yeah. 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 The moistest I've ever been. We had to put towels all down the house. Yeah, but then, like, they don't. Uh, neither of them really remember the kiss, right? Because oh, they don't remember the time only loop Stamets does. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. He's probably like jerking it, thinking, <laughs> "Man, think of a guy who can just go anywhere in the times time." Fl- at That's any, what you would do. All four if you dimensions. Had that power is just watch people do it. Yeah, or just kiss and just jerk it. But you could like jerk it and then just leave. Like you <laughs> go like four billion kiss. years from today and mm. go to like whatever the evolved species is and just jerk on their face and leave. When, when I was a what teenager a in high school, you know that Twilight Zone episode where the guy just wants to read? Time enough at last. <laughs> yeah. Burgess and, Meredith. And part of it is like, I don't know if this is a common trope for a lot of teenage boys, uh, you just want an, enough time to masturbate on your own. <laughs> just some, just some Luckily, freedom. we find the time. Yeah. Teenage boys <laughs> always find the time to masturbate. Because it doesn't take long when you're a teenager. Well, nobody for, was jerking it to Burnham and Tyler. So. No. Yeah. I, and it, I, it was I, kind I of disappointing because you wanted it to be like more of a romantic moment. Because, you know, they're definitely setting that romance up so that at some point in time, there's going to be betrayal there of some sorts. Right. But, but I think the the biggest problem with this entire episode was how little time it spent with every single plot and every single character. So yeah, like it's all over the place. You had you had Tyler and uh, Burnham talk and then kiss. And then it was like over. And then 
And then he asserted his authority as a senior officer, which is like yeah. bad move. Okay, but, but then like maybe that turned around a little bit. Who knows? But then oh, when she likes the bottom for him. But then when Saru uh, comes back and he's like, "Oh, Burnham's taking a walk," and it's like we got to a fight. Yeah, a he's talking, and he's like, "I am very sorry," but it's just it, it like they didn't spend enough time with Saru as like a brainwashed whatever mm-hmm. or at peace, and they didn't spend enough time with uh, Tyler and Burnham. They didn't spend enough time with Admiral Cornwell mm-hmm. and, and the Klingon. And my girl L'Oreal. Yeah, L'Oreal. L'Oreal. She L'Oreal to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, all She's these things. one of the things. dream girls, L'Oreal. Yes. All these things, they went very fast on every single plot. Uh, it, it, it felt rushed. Uh, the, the episode was 41 minutes long, but it was uh, supposed to be 55 minutes. And I guess oh, they in cut a, that much out. In an mm. interview with the actress who plays uh, Bonewell, Cornwell. Right. Uh, As an overbite. She said that. Admiral Cornwell. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of more scenes with her and Laurel that were completely taken out. They scissored. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. That they just <laughs> fucking They certainly did scissored. seem to bond. They're like, yeah. we're just two tough chicks making it in a man's world. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Cornwell's been killed for oh, good? I don't think she did. No, no. no. She's alive. Mm-hmm. She's when they electrocute you in sci fi, it means you're going to be bringing mm-hmm. back later. Remember? But then they open up that room <laughs> and when she dragged her into that dead Klingon room and there were all those Klingon bodies and the other and, dream girls and, happy and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like this Dina. big swell of music that we were supposed to know what this meant like yeah. it was like who the hell are all these are, were those the Klingons from well, the she other house she said some names so yeah. it must have been her homies Laurel yeah. was like oh okay, yeah, there's Keisha they, there's but, you know Janelle and then but she just seemed to be like pissed and be like yeah that's Cole what a dick instead of like opening a door and seeing all your dead homies and being like, eh, what are you going to do? She's hard. She's hard. She's not going to cry. She's not going to well, shed she a tear. She's going to get cold. She's going to fuck him up. Some she could have just pulled way. a knife out right then and there, killed him, and ta- say, I'm the new Cole. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, but he painted her up like a dirty girl. And he was <laughs> like, mm. he, but he said he didn't trust her in the end, though. Yeah, yeah I know. I don't After get that, Eddie. So he I'm he paints her, he welcomes her in, and then drags her off. I don't understand. Well, he was about to kill her, and then the discovery came at the last second. Or no, they heard the the distress the distress signal uh-huh. and then so they didn't kill her but they were about to well first he wanted to humiliate her and break her spirit I don't know that's what Cole that's is all shit. over the place if, oh. if he's a Klingon uh, it's pretty unhonorable uh, Ash no Cole, Cole. To, to sort of be deceptive in that way. But, but for Klingon, people who know about Klingon culture, that that's not cool. It is. That's But there's a weird thing with, like, the Klingon, because, yes, but also Klingons have had spies and stuff throughout. Like, that's the house of lies, is, like, she comes from spies, like the Trouble with Tribbles, or was spy, Klingon spies and shit. And I think that Klingons probably have a lot of revisionist history, where things are honorable because they be, they were the ones that won so yeah. they just remake that the history that's what i'm going to assume why nothing lines up with the klingons now ash tyler's been on a diagnostic bed and i don't know you know what kind of doctor uh wilson cruz is but the fact that he doesn't notice he has klingon innards i mean like a fitbit but well, does he? I mean, who knows, that, who knows right? how far that goes? Or also, too, is like, is there a device in there that will will, will trick uh, a machine? But all, uh, well, first of all, 
we don't know if he's a Klingon. Second of all, if he is a Klingon, she says to uh, what the, the Klingon dude, like, you have to get rid of everything. So they could have just resequenced his DNA. Like, there's a million things that... Or... And it could be something that Wilson Cruz just didn't know about. Or, or he could have, you know, like in Spock, they put this brain inside uh, McCoy's body. They could have done that. And so... Um, the Klingon is inside Ash Tyler's body watching him having sex with his ex-girlfriend. Mm. It's like Spock's brain. What if it's an origin story to Spock's brain where uh, he doesn't get his Spock's brain. He uses the, the supercomputer to get all the knowledge of surgery ever. That's what McCoy did. Anyway, that's season three. They say that's the worst Original episode, series. right? Yeah, but it's not. I have no. a couple questions it's about bad, about Tyler. Um, okay, so the first one was when he, before he and Burnham kiss, he was like going on about how like maybe they could do something so that butt stuff. N- no, oh. that was that was not it. He started tickling right. her butthole at some right. point. Was, I would have gotten I would have gotten moist if that had happened. But what if you didn't? So then it, yeah, maybe you just forgot because you didn't. You're like what. What's wrong with you're me? right i yeah. must have dismissed that uh but that wasn't my question uh my question was when he was saying to her like what if we you know didn't go back so that you could you know you wouldn't be a prisoner anymore what was that about oh the trout that? fishing yeah the trout fishing because she he, he was, was like big, i can't wait was... to retire and trout fish and she's like well i can't wait for the war to be over well, is he, what he said to her yeah so that i can go trout fishing and bake you some fresh trout bake which i thought trout. was like cold for cunnilingus obviously yes. well bake you i some think fresh i trout. think it was a mm-hmm. he's just his uncut i dick. heard that before his uncut dick is baked <laughs> trout mm-hmm. or that's what he calls like putting dick in a pussy yeah <laughs> one of those one of those but he's like i like he was involved let's bake some fish girl yeah have you ever had trout and she's like mm, I have not had trout. She's like I don't Man. understand. Like I'm from Vulcan. I don't know these just dirty aren't they, aren't things. Are all vegetarians anyway? Yeah, no? eating trout. Mm. But he was saying <laughs> to her that you know, what if we did something so that the war wouldn't have to end, and so that you could continue to uh, you know be basically a semi officer. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was interesting. Well, she said she's going back to prison. Right. For life. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but. If the war ends. But there was a man, but I I don't know. She did start a war, but who knows? You know, obviously it's just up for, it's, it's the writers, whatever they do, because like Captain Kirk, he just. He was able to go back in time and get some whales, and then they were like, "All right, you can be a captain, but you're not an admiral." And so, like, all's forgiven. Yeah. If so, and like, she's going to become captain someday. We know because <laughs> they can just at least so they can put her on the poster with all the other captains. I don't think. That, I mean, she might, but I don't think that they need to necessarily. They could still put her. I'm sure they still put her on the poster, but whatever. I I don't think Jason Isaacs is long for this uh, Captain Lorca. Oh, you think they'll kill him off? I mean, something's got to happen when Cornwell... I I think that there has... I mean, it depends because you never know with this show because they don't seem to n- know exactly... They seem to... It, it The show has definitely gotten... It seems like they have more of a narrative push in it and it doesn't seem like they're as feeling stuff out as much as they, as they were. But uh, in a good story, like, Cornwell would have to come back or something would have to happen that... Lorca, like, it, it is made clear that Lorca sent Cornwell out knowing that something bad was going to happen to her because mm. he, because she was going to make him, him see out. a psychologist. Well, not rat him out. She just wanted him to get him 
help. But well, she was going to remove him from his post. Yeah. But he had also, her agenda. yeah. But he also he had already nut, so he didn't care. Yeah. That, that's the episode. The other weird thing that Tyler said was when he was trying to di- uh, distract Saru, and he was like, "I don't want to just kill the Klingons. I want oh, to I harm want to them. Yeah. I want to harm them." Which okay, is he a Klingon? Why does he have you know beyond living there and being tortured by them? Like, how do you harm someone more than killing them? Well, I think that's just revenge. Yeah, like he, wants he just to wants to. Pay. He, want, he, he wants to make them suffer. Yeah, it's not about uh, getting them to like uh, say like you win, mm-hmm. you win. He wants to make sure that they're destroyed. Like gotcha. he wants everything about them. Which, if he is the uh, albino Klingon, right, that makes, makes sense. sense. It still makes a, sense. So much things with Cole. Yeah, a lot of. Well, there's a theory being passed around that he is a Klingon, but he doesn't realize it, and when he's Awoken by Laurel, who's trying to get onto the discovery, he will be conflicted on who to side with mm. and probably end up sacrificing himself to save Michael Burnham's life, which is very trekky. Oh, it's like Castiel in season eight of Supernatural, uh, where he was, uh, where Naomi sorry, was is, using him as an agent. Is this what the Supernatural, or is this what the track? Mark, yeah. you remember that, right? I do where, remember and, that. And he, he beat the shit right out of now. Dean, and Dean had to say, like, Cass is his brother, and then he ran away with the tablet. Oof, man, you know what? This episode, I went through so much shit, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fit Supernatural in here. Thank you, Fausto. <laughs> I swear to God, I didn't know how I was going to bring up Supernatural. But you did. Yes, we can move on. Are you, are you calling? Do you need a shower? Yes, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and so that's the, that's the the real the crux of it. But like, he's so central of a character, though, isn't he? Or do you think that? I mean, are any of these characters dispensable at this point in time? I think they're all dispensable. However, the problem is they haven't built up any of them enough mm-hmm. that their death would feel like a loss. Oh no! But they would. It would more just feel like. Oh, that's weird. Like, why? Mm-hmm. What? Oh, I was sort of beginning yeah. to like that. Pretty, so it would just feel like weird if they just say like Tilly died. Like mm-hmm. we'd be like, oh, that's sad. But like, we're I don't, a little I don't, invested I in her. We find yeah. out that she might be a captain in the future. Yes. Okay. Can we talk about? Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about time. Can we talk about the, the other thing that's fucking weird about this episode? There's one little scene with Stamets and Tilly. No, two scenes where one he comes out of the spore drive. There's a lot of cool. There's the cool scene of Anthony Rapp. Like in there, like looking like Jesus getting injected. He's got those new drive. things in his arms yeah. Yeah. to it's make like it a easier. Yeah. If he had a better body, he'd be, he'd be shirtless and he'd mm-hmm. have like rippling muscles. Mm. Yeah, he looked. It, that was it, shade no. in case anybody no. missed it. it, it no, really cool. you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, that's why you. That's why people shade. are turned on by the crucifixion so much. Oh, no. Or if you see like these Jesus movies, Christ. it's like literally you, you see like this guy and he's like shirtless and he's he's fighting against this, so his muscles are rippling and you know that's the kind of thing. Is that like a porn genre? Is that like a gay porn? Tell me. No. So, sword okay. and sandals. Yeah, sword and sandals. Yeah. If you ever see like Hercules, he's always struggling against oh, chains. I guess that Steve Reeves. Yeah. 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 Anywho, so Anthony Rapp is is uh, not shirtless because he's got a modest build, <laughs> and so we only get to see his forearm. Yeah, which it's kind of this weird like implant. Yeah, he's got like if a, you think a about it. Up. Yeah, um, that one must be super fucking painful. Well, to it have. Might not hurt at all. It might have little uh, its own little painkillers or something. He's so, high on mushrooms. He's not feeling shit. But then he then might. he walks out and he's like Captain to Tilly's like Captain, and she's like, "You call me Captain?" He's like, "What? Fuck you! I ain't call you Captain. Yeah, he's like, fuck what are you yourself. doing in here, Captain?" Yeah, he's like, Could that, what the fuck you think you're talking to yeah. me like that for? And she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. He's like, fucking no, you 
in me, you redhead fucking shitbag. <laughs> There's a lot of cursing in this episode. And, yeah, and he was like, it is fucking cool. Yeah, and ginger uh, shaming. Yes, mm-hmm. and he was like, sorry, fire crotch, I'm out. Yeah. And he burned a cigarette in her eye. Yeah. Um, but the but then uh, yeah, he was ornery, huh? Yes, and then so people he was cranky. Yeah, and so maybe he was but in the future. She wasn't gonna let it go. Well, maybe she no, was. He was in the future, and she found he found out uh, Captain Tilly, which he should be if he is in all four dimensions right, and outside the timeline. He's seen everything. I remember Lorca says to Burnham when he first met her, "He's like, I know you," and it's like, "What? I, he just met her. How does he really know her?" Well, she caused yeah. the war that yeah. caused him to blow up his entire ship. But so. like, but how does that mean? Like, I know who you are as a person. Oh, you know I what mean, I mean? If that's and what so, he meant, yeah. If that's what he meant, but I'm just assuming that at some point in time he's met her, and maybe that time is in the future, and maybe Stamets brought him there. There's a predicament that Stamets is in, which is he's an augment, right? Yeah, he's somebody who's genetically enhances his body with tardigrade DNA in order to be able to fly through the universe. Mm-hmm. That's what the second scene was in the two mm-hmm. small Tilly Stamets mm-hmm. scenes. So if he comes forward as somebody who's struggling with the consequences of, of that augmentation, uh, either way he'll be either put in jail or his boyfriend will lose his career as a doctor. He's either going to be sent out so the Federation doctors or Starfleet can experiment on him if and if the if he goes to the doctor to Doctor Wilson Cruz's boyfriend, he has to tell the Federation and he'll be experimenting on. And if he doesn't, then and they find out that he that the doctor didn't, then he will lose everything. Yeah, uh, Brian, will. are you saying that Stamens can't come out of the closet? Ooh, no. as an augmented being, <laughs> oh, yes. he's stuck in the closet. But it's a glass <laughs> closet too, right? Mm-hmm. It is a glass. It was more like a glass room where <laughs> Tilly watches him get off. And, but so, wh- what do you think his attitude changes? Yeah, why though? was Stamets back to being such an asshole? Like, is he? Is it a different version of him that has come back? The asshole version that well, was he's, he's the a time original traveler. version of him was the asshole version, if we remember from well, the first time we met I mean, him. But this is also the problem with Star Trek Discovery we're not shown enough like yeah. we're not given enough information of like because I thought that it was like oh now he's just fucking hiled all the time because the right. last two episodes he was like hey and now he's back to being the jerk that he was mm-hmm. in the it's beginning a, so a, is that mirror. the effects of the travel that makes him like it makes him it could that, be the mirror universe I mean it could be and then he says like sometimes I don't know where I am and then I'm like oh well why didn't we talk about this two episodes like mm-hmm. it's weird that we're getting in, this information like, now we need to be debriefed on this. Can't he needs is. to sit down and talk to people and be like, listen, we're doing little science experiments here. Out. We need to know exactly what's going on but with you. they need to tell the audience things mm-hmm. and then while it moves out, one of the dramatic, suspenseful things for the audience would be, which Stamets are we getting? Like, who, which one are they going to be able to run into? He so every time they doctor. travel, every time they travel, it's a new version of mm-hmm. him. Um, Mark, you and I uh, work in a professional environment as a married couple. Um, do you think that the relationships between Stamets and Wilson Cruz is, uh, you know... Enmeshed. Do you feel like there's... Aspects of our relationship that you would like to see reflected in. Well, we, we really have. We have one more episode left for the fall. We haven't really seen much of their uh, relationship at all. We've yeah. seen like when they, they first goes to teeth. the doctor, they brush their what teeth. What are you talking about? The gay know? agenda. Yeah. Teeth brush. Or, oral hygiene. Gay <laughs> marriage. Mm-hmm. Got to get the teeth clean. Mm-hmm. But we've seen them interact before in the doctor's office, and they were kind of bitchy with each other. And you wondered, like, do they even know each other? Like, do they, were they even together at that point in time? You know, it's hard if you to didn't tell. know that they were a couple, you wouldn't have been able to guess, guess that. 
because there was no like real intimacy there. I felt like they were a couple for some reason. Maybe I heard that they were, but like I felt well, yeah, we that they heard were. that they were, but we oh. didn't see any evidence mm-hmm. of it. We weren't like, hey, there's my husband. Yeah, the there doctor. wasn't like chemistry. Either. Is there anything you would like to see, Fausto? Well, it's something I noticed then with gay characters in any kind of popular culture, television shows or movies is that they really rely a lot on the press release and the marketing for the film mm. to flash out the storyline mm-hmm. as opposed to the show itself. Yeah, because they don't want the, they don't want the conservative people and to, to watch alienate it, them. to alienate that. Mm. So they want everything to be kind of subtext mm. and to fly under the radar of the of the conservatives. They also have it be monogamous, mm-hmm. two men that yeah. act like man and wife yes, exactly. all the time all the because time. You can't be like, look, it's not really gay men, gay men. Listen, that's not how we were on Saturday. Because, yeah, and it's because they have to be like, that's a stereotype because like that's what yeah. like good white liberals have to think of, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not true. That's just what the people say. They don't all mm-hmm. want to have sex in bathrooms. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. well, the other thing too, and I, I heard this from uh, when we interviewed uh, Jen Richards, who did a web series called uh, Her Story about a trans love story. She said the problem that she sees with most uh, LGBT or queer characters on television and stuff is like they're always just too earnest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like they're just too like good hearted and just, you know, kind and that kind of stuff. She's like, she, uh, and just kind of like saccharine in a way. Well, what and they, so you want to yeah. see something that's more real. Mm-hmm. That's uh, like because it's written by white people, but also because gay characters, unfortunately, like black movies or and black stuff are, about women too. Are mm-hmm. yeah, they it's not just like oh, that's a shitty mm-hmm. written character. We don't want it's, to see the complexities. We don't want to see the negatives. Yeah, it's like if Ghostbusters, the female Paul Feig, uh, Paul Feig version of uh, Ghostbusters, doesn't do well. That means mm-hmm. no movie with a woman is good. Mm-hmm. Like that like so it's yeah. or like or Wonder Woman said. means if it's Wonder Woman's shoulders. good Wonder Woman's good movie, it means everyone loves women heroes. Yeah. And then we can get yeah. more, and more it's uh, like, women hero movies. And and if like a movie comes out with a male hero, like everything's fine, but like that's the problem with like writing characters and trying to put these things in is that you have every single thing is writing on it and but the it's also the thing of like in in uh on tv shows what they will often do they don't give black characters the main roles but the roles that they give them will be higher status so the judge or the like lawyer or a genius will be a black guy but the characters that we actually like and and pay attention Mm -hmm. to will all be white and that's you see it a lot on law and order black judges but you see it like and so like watch for this now when you watch TV like you'll see it all the time they try to and because it's like and then they probably just pat they themselves want the on the back but they don't want to really yeah. are you saying white men are more likable than other types of people on television <laughs> I, I wasn't saying that they're but more sellable I wasn't saying that outright but I will now uh, white people are the greatest um, alright guys well this has been fun uh, I also wanted I also wanted to know why uh, with uh, the thing of like characters like it was a weird episode with characters it seemed like it was an episode that was written before the last episode and the episode before, but... Because you said the start dates were mixed up, The right? start date was mixed up. This was start date 1308, 1308.9, and last week's start date was 2136.8, hmm. which... They're just throwing out a random number. Yeah, that was just made up, but it does seem like a big thing that, yeah. like, especially in the age of Somebody the internet... Somebody fact-check that in, in the age of the internet, it seems really weird that they mm. did that, but... 
Why is Tilly not scared of things? Why is she not scared of black alert? Remember how fucking terrified she was in the mm-hmm. third episode? Well, she knows what it is now. That's what I was wondering, but... Is that just what we're assuming? Because they didn't why are we show calling that. black alert black? Why it gotta be black? Yeah, why can't be African American alert? But I mean, it's time travel. That's what I say. It's uh, dimensional travel. Why? Why? Why the word black? With uh, seriously, why is black I alert? I think black? we looked that up before and what it meant, like yeah. in emergency situations. It meant we looked it up and we had the exact same joke of why it have to be black alert. <laughs> it just seems still like it, it still. It doesn't feel like appropriate at this point now that we sort of established I mean the first time we heard the phrase black alert we were like ooh what's going on because we didn't well, know what it was I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it's yeah. because of like black ops like it's something that's a secret thing that's off the books mm. and that's so the black alert is for that and well, it's the highest like, level of alert in the hospital okay so and, and you know because uh, I guess if like rainbow alert would be more appropriate because they're you know time traveling and universe. through a homosexual uh, it means yeah. the system is under severe pressure and is unable to deliver certain actions in comprehensive emergency care so that's for a hospital so maybe everything when you do the black alert everything else shuts down but but like my question is like when did Tilly just feel fine about this stuff was it just because now Stamets because it's fucking fi- cool now but oh I guess but she's, she's roommates with Michael Burnham yeah but like it's, is that it like because we don't see I don't know it just seems like there's the characters just change mm. and we don't see why they've changed or like what it is like what's and it's the problem of the narrow focus of the serialized story that they're telling the biggest problem in this show is that there's a war going on and we never see anything of it except every so often they battle the Klingons and then this episode they say stuff like our fleet is getting destroyed by the Klingons. And it's like, what? Like, how? Because they've got a cloaking device. Although they don't call it a cloaking they, device. No, because the cloaking device is, uh, they steal that, they steal that from uh, the Romulans. Okay. So they it's don't the have invisibility shield, right? Yeah, it's called the invisibility shield. But they, but like, first of all, we don't know how big the Federation is and how big the Klingon Empire is. I feel like a Federation of Planets would be able to take out just one system of planets. Because it's like 24 houses or, you know. I get, or 13 out or 12. But the, the Klingons but, take over other planets, though, don't they? Don't they put people under their empire? I don't Isn't think, that the I, think that, I think that, yes, they have it, but I think it's all just put in one place, like localized in one place. But, like, they don't show what is happening in the fleets. There's no, like, there's nothing about, like, no one talks about, like, the toll of the war. No one talks about, like, what's happening on Earth. How has this thrown this, like, not the entire quadrant, but, like, the place is affected, like, wh- who is affected by this war? And that's, like, what Deep Space Nine did with the Dominion War was they actually would have, like, readouts of all the dead and, like, they would talk mm. about the battles because, like, you have to, if you're going to keep up, have a serialized story, you have to get people involved let in that. people know that there's things going on in the background aside from just every so often being, like, we are at war with the Klingons, mm-hmm. and then just going on to whatever it is. Yeah, the next maybe thing. we got into the war too quickly in this in this uh, series because, like you did say in Deep Space Nine, that war didn't come till later. So we had already grown attached to those characters on Deep Deep Space Nine. We knew who they are, and so this was kind of an added element to it. Uh, whereas we aren't getting that. Necessarily. And what's and what was really great about the Dominion War in Deep Space Nine was that one of the greatest parts of that was that it showed like what is this. Play, what is the Federation in war when they when you have to make alliances with like the Romulans or your enemies? Mm-hmm. And that seems like something that Discovery should be hitting. And it's weird that 
we haven't really been given other aliens. We've been given this cloud blue thing, mm-hmm. but like, there's no alien. Like, they just keep going back to Klingons, and it's like, how? Like, why? Why are you doing? Why do we keep just having Klingons? Are there any recruitment videos on Earth to join the Federation, like the way Starship Troopers is? Like, <laughs> do you, only good Klingon is a dead Klingon. I'm doing Citizen. my part, yeah. and then the little kid comes out with a machine gun. It's like I'm doing my part, and then all of them turn over, turn around, and go ah ha 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 ha. And then all the uh, older... Click here to find out more about the Starship Federation. It's like that Hot Shots Part 2 part where Miguel Ferreira goes, War! It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, what about some of the more exciting uh, secondary characters? There's there's another black person on Ooh, the yeah, show. Yeah, Owesakai. Mm-hmm. That was the... She had like uh, some sort of African accent. I'm sorry, I could not identify the country of origin. Uh, but she yeah, was an African-American She was from officer. Wakanda. Yeah, oh, she was okay, from that's, Wakanda. okay. And that is a real place. Different universe. That is a real place, Wakanda. <laughs> and uh, as Vibranium. Brian said, she had some gray hair, so Brian thought I would like that. Yeah, she had. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I bet Colette's heavy. Because, yeah, you haven't given us a Burnham hair update in a while. It looked terrible Which, in this episode. It I feel was like a Burnham hair down. Up, so. Time for the, replace that wig, hunty. Replace that wig. Ouch. That's Ouch. not a wig. That's her natural hair. Mm-hmm. You think it's also a wig? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's so they're giving her, like, a cheap, natural <laughs> She's also out in this. Humidity. Yes. She's also out in the forest. It's How the, is that? It's those vibrations. Okay. Those vibrations, they do a lot to a weave. Well, <laughs> she need to replace it when she get back on the ship. Cause well, she's doing press in London. Look a little matted down. Yeah, she's doing press in London because they, I guess they're debuting Sonequa, on Netflix over there. Yeah, Sonequa. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got long hair in that and a big bun on the top of her head. Cute. Hair yeah, but what, how, that. that's, like, I mean, is that her hair? Well, that's not the character, Legally. Oh, no, I, I mean, I mean <laughs> like, she has Legally. long hair. Legally. I mean, I, Maybe I mean look, you mm. seem to Swipe want this on my head right now. W- would you prefer like the Legally. Star Wars extremely complicated female hair color like cuts? Do you like that? You know what? Are you Honestly, talking about Queen Amidala? Kind Queen Amidala, of? Princess Leia, like well, she's and a, she's uh, a prisoner, so that wouldn't really. She's, got, she's working on it. But Ray, Ray also in the new uh, Last Jedi, <laughs> she has weird ass hair. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. Like for whatever reason, women are like, hey, you have to spend twenty three hours a day I making sure to her, do your hair. Her value is not in in her looks, although she's a beautiful that, woman. I mean, her value is you in saying her that intelligence. Is crazy. <laughs> that is not how you feel at all. However, I don't want them ha- my girl look crazy. I can feel both ways. Okay, okay. it's Get a no, no nonsense hairdo. It's like I'm getting work done. I'm doing yeah. my stuff. I'm, I'm, but it could still be like a like a realistic looking wig. I mean, it's tracking for y'all, but you know, those of us in the know, I do miss her sort of no nonsense. You know, getting away with murder look. Look the Vulcan the, look, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it was it was kind of a. She had this straight haired wig that she was mm-hmm. wearing in the uh, pilot episode. Right. Yeah, she was more, but of a I think Colette, side. you hated that, right? I didn't hate it. Oh. I just thought it was. Uh, I wanted to know what the choice was of having it be straightened in the initial episode and then having it look like it was natural hair. And when she became a prisoner, like what the the politics around that was. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think yeah, it's probably it's supposed to be that that's more of her Vulcan side. I mm-hmm. don't know, mm-hmm. but so I'm, you think Vulcans had a flat iron all this time? I mean, what's well, they, they, they showed her. They when they showed like. 
like flashbacks of her, she has normal like Vulcan ass hair. Yeah. Like it's weird. She has white people hair. She goes and gets the Asian so hair. There's place. only two possible scenarios here, and this it would be hilarious to show. I don't know what it's the Vulcans either straightening her hair or forcing her to wear I a wig. I want to see that episode. Yes, of yeah. her as a kid, and then being like, "Girl, I don't know what to do with you know." Just Listen, like. they could like, on Star Trek. They could take like a little machine and change the shape of your nose. No. And your face and I stuff want her like to that. take her to a Vulcan <laughs> hair salon and then have some Vulcan be like, mm. well, there are black Vulcans. Yeah. Okay, oh, it could be like Sarah Black Vulcan was doing it. R.I.C. Like Bo Ricks. That's yeah. an old joke. That's an old one. <laughs> and these are serious issues Let and questions go. to bring up because. Stuff in barbershop or something? You're, you're talking <laughs> about a Vulcan who has adopted a human being mm-hmm. to raise as their own, who is, you know, Sarah is an ethical person and, mm-hmm. and wants to respect. Uh, the the cultural heritage of of his child. Yeah. So it would be an interesting thing for Sarek to sort of like figure out mm-hmm. with his Earth wife, um, his white Earth wife, white Earth wife, Me what to do with this black girl that mm-hmm. they've adopted. I'm sure it's very easy to uh, change the texture of her hair or whatever. But to, but it's a decision you have to make. Do little know? kids wear weaves? Little kids? No, uh, no kids don't wear weaves. But like, uh, I mean, when I was a little girl, like I would get my hair relaxed because that's what people used to do in the black community mm-hmm. is relax their kids' hair. You know, there was this kid called Just for Me that like kids would get their hair relaxed and they're like five years old. Wait, know? was that like just for men? But it was just for me. I'm serious. I'm a hundred percent. I am certain it is a different company. But I feel but like they're playing off of just little, for men. I Maybe. Don't know. And they just like cross out the Because you, like you, you, you were one of those toddlers in Tierra kids yes, too. Your mother used to put you on beauty pageants. Yes. So you didn't wear Baby like a wig Angel. for that? You didn't wear wigs for that um, kind of stuff? No, but the my mom wouldn't allow me to, but the girls who did, you know, they, mm-hmm. they did well, but my mom was not about the, the, What's okay. the pieces black, and stuff like that. What's the black John Bonet Ramsey? John Bonet already sounds like a black name. Yeah. Eric Bonet Ramsey? So anyway, we met a Wessicon, and then there was the old girl who has the mechanical eye. Detmer. Oh, yeah. Detmer. The robot. I want to know Boy. about her. No, no, no. Not the robot. No, no, no. You're I'm talking about, about the girl Amir with the mechanical and, yeah. eye. Yeah, the one with like the seven and nine piece on yeah. the side. Who looks like, she looks like Nanny Dormer a yeah. lot. She does, yeah. Um, yeah, she I was. She used more. to be on the uh, Shinzoon. Shinzoon? She did not have a fucked up eye before, though, right? I she, don't. Th- see, this was, I really liked that in the beginning of this episode, they showed the bridge crew being mm-hmm. doing Star Trek bridge shit. Like, for the first time that they've really shown... And, like, they stayed on characters mm-hmm. and been, like, opening Hailing Free and, like, all mm-hmm. this stuff and be like, we'll bring that in. And they took had an awesome shot of Lieutenant Detmer, and they showed, like, yeah, she has a different colored eye, a, a more blue... Mm-hmm. It looks like, um... So this is David Bowie kind of thing. Yeah, on. yes. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, but she used to be on the old ship that mm-hmm. was uh, Michelle Yao's ship, and... She was fine, and then uh, she, Burnham is is the problem of like why half of her face is now mechanical. Or but whatever. they did not get into it, or we haven't they seen haven't, them get into again, it. Again, like, really but weird. that's another thing, and I feel like the and second the season, lady. and you know, she's going to turn to Michael Burnham and be like, "Look at my face. Mm-hmm. You see my you face, did this, bitch. You did this. this is yours. The, yeah, this is like what a big like. It's why Star Trek Discovery. Like, it feels like I'm just like I'm glad that they're doing the second season because I feel like. They will be able to do like they're. It feels like the Brian Fuller thing like really blew up everything, and they tried and like when he was out of it, they were like, "We have to put a show together," and they did the best they could. But the characters, there's so many loose strands hanging, and they introduce all this stuff, and 
not a lot of stuff gets paid off and not mm. a lot of stuff is like put together. We still don't really know what why is Burnham a Vulcan? Like why would she raise a Vulcan like they haven't shown us any reason why that's important. Well her, we her, parents, her parents were yeah. dead. No, well, the Klingons killed the parents. Why the writers I'm talking about why the writers created this world, mm-hmm. why they did this. We have not been given a reason of why this is an important thing of her. Because Star Trek still lives in the shadow of Spock. Oh, definitely. But also like he's the most loved character. But if of you're all time. but like you have to know, like if you're gonna bring in Sarek, mm-hmm. you like that means something. Like that's a big thing, and you better be ready. To like show it, but yeah, the other one is uh, Airman, Airman, Airmar, mm-hmm. Amer. She's well, a, let's human, call her. Uh, she, she's a cyborg, right? Astro Boy, Astro Girl, and she has bigger tits than Astro Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but she looks like that Japanese anime bigger tits yeah. than a boy. Robot. Yeah, and I mean she's she <laughs> looks like she's more mechanical than uh, she's more uh, machine than woman. But it's the same idea as Astro Boy. It was mm-hmm. uh, Astro Boy was the you know he had rockets that could come out of his. Arms and ass and stuff like that, and like his head. Oh yeah, he shot. He was a mechanical, his, and his boots, like his feet, were like fire boots. Like that's yeah. how he was able to fly. They said so. Um, she's going to be able to do a lot of those things too, and I'm sure that she's going to get on a planet, and you know, I'll I, be right back. Yeah, I mean, if this, it's also like it's a weird show because they haven't showcased the actors, yeah, yeah. or like there's there hasn't been anyone really except Burnham. And occasionally Lorca that we've like spent enough time with. Yeah. That like, we, and it's weird to do that, to not have episodes that are like, hey, this is your friend now. Like, mm-hmm. learn this guy's name because you're going to like him. Learn this lady's mm-hmm. name because she's going to be your friend and you're going to want to watch her go through this every single week. And to have a show like not do that, that just makes this show so weird. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in some ways they kind of did that with, uh, you know, uh, Next Generation. That's why the, uh, Mary Crosby left as Tasha Yard. Nice. She's just like, uh, Denise Crosby, uh, because, you know, she's like, I would just spend seven hours just standing at that console yeah. all day not uh, doing anything. And it just bored the hell out of me. Yeah. She's like, if I have to do this anymore, I'm going to go crazy. Because she just didn't get enough acting time. And so I, I think with these characters, you probably, you know, we're going to see some kind of exposition this season I'm sure but we're not going to see it until like the next half when it appears in January and also like to have all these amazing actors and Broadway stars and theater people and whatever like why if you're not going to be using mm-hmm. like if all they're they're, be, they haven't gotten there yet but all, we're in the eighth episode come mm-hmm. on man we can't just keep saying we can we can say like there but it doesn't even seem like they've attempted yeah. to I feel do like any they're of making this. this movie for like the generation who watches Marvel movies and I said watching they're making this movie they're making this TV show for the generation that watches Marvel movies and like that's why it started with this big battle that they think that people's attention span is like very short and they're not really interested in developing characters or relationships they they just want action 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 and I'd be curious to see if the majority of the people working on on the the show are uh, from movie from the world of movies versus the world of TV. Well, Brian, um, is Star Trek the animated series part of the canon? Will we see the um, Mares, the cat lady that was voiced by? We saw her. Her. Or Arix, who, who, who speaks like... Who, well, I, I brought up in an earlier episode that Saru yes. should have been Arix. Like, or it should have been Arix's It would have been species. easy to do that. Yeah. And, or it's like, he's right there. Why are we making Doesn't a new... does have a third leg, though, or something? Yeah, but... That'd be hot. Mm. But if, if yeah, but, but third leg has a different meaning now. But uh. Eric, this is the seventies, dude. Come on, <laughs> this is. I mean, George Takei was in the Brambles, and then he went and recorded his bits. 
Anyway, he's the, he's basically looks like Saru. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I said this in a very early episode when no one knew what I was talking about. But I was talking about like Lieutenant Eric should have been uh, because Saru. You can easily then say if you don't want the third leg, just be like, oh, th- that's a different like race on, of my people. Like that can be just and it's like okay, like you're a fucking alien. I believe that. Why not? So you have two legs and he has three. So and and Mares, um there's cat people. I forget what they're called, but they they are in Star Trek Five. There's one that she was jumps. voiced by Nichelle Nichols. but yes. basically it was the same voice. She it was she a just cat. like she's a giant was, cat. It's like her doing her best Eartha Kit impersonation. She purrs too. She's like purr. it'd be perfect yeah. for me to go into the starship, Captain. Yeah, and but with less sinister. And tone. Eric's was voiced by Jimmy yeah. Doohan. He'd be like. Alright, is open, Captain. Because who didn't get the jobs? Chekhov and Check off. TK? But no, just Chekhov. Just Chekhov is the only one, okay. TK ran for, uh, was running for San Francisco City Councilman or something, so they had to uh, stop a show from being played during the election because you needed you know, the equal time things, which doesn't really, because this was when yeah. people cared about rules yeah. in America, and now, now they don't now care. They're like, how about you host Saturday Night Live? Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, MRS and shit. But this uh, Erma, Erma, Aram, um, they I read, I posted a thing on our uh, Facebook page, and uh, it said in there that there's an idea that Aram, the producers talked about, there's an idea that Aram uh, is an augmented human, and she can swap out parts for mm. her uh, f- uh, to go for each mission and I was like holy shit that's awesome so like she goes from to a nightclub and she switches her B cups to a double D's yeah she's like I, I want people to buy me some Romulan ale so I'm gonna get some D's <laughs> if she just wants to go and like dance with her friends she puts on some A's that's what that's what they Lucky said bitch. but does she like can she like replace her feet with wheels or something yes, like that yes and she starts scootering her out. that would be great you should be in the Star Trek so, Discovery writers room and be like how oh, she replaces her feet with wheels I wonder people what, are like, I love what, her, it. what her real body is like does she actually have arms or I don't is it all think robotic? so I, is she just a brain they are still she's like John B from Pee Wee's Playhouse mm. she's just a head and everything else can be attached there's still like developing the character, I guess, because she started yeah. as a robot and then became an augmented alien and then became an augmented human. But they said, like, these are ideas, but I thought, like, that is so super cool that if she's just a thing that you can con that she can constantly like take stuff off of her and put it on, or if she's like, hey, like, you have the con and you take over the ship, she can just be like, okay, and then like uh, download whatever information and be able to do anything. That seems really cool. Uh, last but not least, uh, things we'd like to see uh, in our final fall episode. I'd like to see um, Call Tell Laurel. And I am telling you, uh, you're not going. You're the best interrogator I have ever known. Get her killed. <laughs> I want to see um, Burnham and Tyler get it in. Uh, that means sex. Mm. Uh, you know, she's oh. never been in love, so uh, she's at least a virgin. She can, yeah, so well, we don't know if we, she's a virgin. We're she's that, but I want to see her gonna make fall in love. love. With the first they guy might be like involved yeah. in glory holes. We don't know. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I want to see them have an intimate night. I want her to put a sock on the door until he'd be like, "Uh oh, I guess I can't go in." Yeah. Yeah. She's, mm. she's Black probably, alert. She's probably got pounded <laughs> out a lot. Yes, it's time. For Tyler to have a black alert of his own. Will we be going? Oh, but we'll be going back to the uh, Lisa Frank world. What is it called? A uh, Pavo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Frank yeah. world. I was <laughs> All the unicorns and rainbow the teddy bears. Yeah. 
Pavo. You want to see more of Pavo? It's it was really cool. Like there was this show looks like I've never seen a TV show look this good. And of course, because they spend like some crazy amount, eight million an episode or some crazy amount of money. Mm. But and that has to be scaled back, I feel, for the second season. But this, I mean, I would. It's all going to be holodeck episodes in next season. I would also on ships, and you know, I would like to uh, them to visit Earth in in twenty seventeen. I would like them to streamline the Klingon subplot so that I we can we know really what's happening. And I would I really liked Lorel because, and I'm pretty sure it's because she spoke English in this Mm. episode. Like I felt more connected to her than I've ever felt in any other episode, and I really really liked her would you like the klingons to speak a little faster <laughs> yes when they're like yes and also there's a funny part i really liked when sarah when uh, the blue mist thing came to him and talking he's like wait what are you really done he said I believe it wants us to accompany it, mm-hmm. which is a fun little lassie moment. <laughs> come to the well. Come to the well. What's Impress that, boy? You little Jimmy. <laughs> Mark? Uh, well, I, you know, it's so it's going to be the uh, the fall cliffhanger. So we're going to find out. You know, we're going to something's going to keep us on the edge. So we tune back in at the end of January. I have a feeling it's going to be. It'll probably be something with with Tyler. Uh, is he a Klingon or not? And will he and Laurel get together? Like how that's going to happen? I'd like to see that happen next week because I really feel like we need that part of that that plot to advance. Well, what, what would you like yeah. to see though happen before the season ends? Oh, before the whole season ends, or just this, like, this, fall, this little so chunk. This, yeah. I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see Laurel and Ash kind of like come together and see what happens when that happens. It's she, a love story. Laurel really wanted to get back to the Discovery. Mm-hmm. To very much so. I think so. Tyler got that good dick. So <laughs> I'm trying to see. But he doesn't you know, get you moist. More women, Maybe he does more problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just doesn't like white or uh, human women. You were gonna say black women. He almost white. said white women. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know what black you meant, women. Though, but you looked at me, and I'm black when you said it. So I looked at you I and said tell. white. I can tell <laughs> you discriminate against mm-hmm. humans, Klingons, white and black women, all kinds of races, all, mm-hmm. all kinds of creatures. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is oh what God. I do. Just hate everybody. That is true. If, if it's humanoid, it's just I love wrong. dogs. Quadrupeds. That would bring the world together. Hey guys, remember What the Trek is available as its own podcast on the iTunes music store or the podcast directory or wherever you find find podcasts. Uh, Ask for it by name. Uh, What the Trek. And we also have a Facebook page, Brian, that moderates. Yes, What the Trek. Well, we all post. It's What the Trek Pod. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, that's what Just, it is. Just uh, look up What the Trek, and there's that great picture of us looking mm-hmm. great. Me and my lips looking all yes, pink and sexy. Star Trek-y. Colette looks Most wonderful. Most importantly. Mm-hmm. And so we have one more episode left, and then we're going to be on break. Um, Until January. Along with the show. Along yes, with girl. The show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any uh, exciting holiday plans? I'm going to just sit in a room and think about Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens. So uh, in other news, though, they did start uh, production for season two. Yeah. They just started it. So it is back. 
for two seasons at least. We'll see how many seasons it gets. Well, uh, somewhere between uh, Enterprises four, right? And uh, what was the longest? Voyager. Seven. The other ones were all seven. All were seven. The original yeah. series was three. Yeah. Uh, Colette, you have uh, you're performing now with comedy. Uh, yes, with comedy sports. Yeah. So I was just added to the ensemble of Comedy Sports Chicago, and next weekend is New Player Weekend. So I will be getting up on that stage doing some oh, funny ha-has at comedy sports. Play on player. One of the better places in town to see improv. If the best in, place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colette's there. Because Colette's there. And it's family friendly. Mm-hmm. So if you're traveling to Chicago Fuck or if you're in the yeah. Chicago area, come and see her perform. Yeah. And Mark and I are going to be in full drag at the Austin International Drag Festival this Thursday mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas, doing a live podcast with drag queens. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in Austin, Texas, check it out. Uh, uh, get to the festival. Go to uh, uh, international... What is it? AustinDragFest.org. Austin yeah, and if you... you want to say it? Yeah, and if you use uh, code FEAST at checkout, that's like beast, but with an F, oh. uh, you get 25% oh. off. Oh, like yeast. Yeah, it's well, yeast with an F. Okay. With an F. <laughs> with an F. <laughs> well, because sometimes people, people don't hear feast sometimes. I want to invite all humans, all humanoids on... Dogs. What is it? What did Dada... Uh, said uh, ladies, gentlemen, and other gender non-binary species. Mm, something like that. That that was actually said on Star Trek in uh, the movie. Yeah, so when they had, there was the wedding scene, right? Yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, and other was gender it, non-binary uh, species. Nexus? The Nexus one? So I think so. I want to invite any, Janeway was also in that one, any too, right? Any shapeshifters. Are you talking about Nemesis? Nemesis. When he gave the speech at yeah. Wrecker and Troy's wedding. Yes. I want to invite any shapeshifters, any nonconformists to come see us and hang out. And after the live podcast on Thursday, we're going to be doing a meet and greet where you can have your photo taken with Mark and I in drag, which just doesn't happen very often. So... If you want to have in your... In public. Yeah, we don't. Just, uh, just inside. Yeah, private, the, we have private viewings, but... Uh, <laughs> we're all in drag right now. Girl, shapeshifters, you can look real sexy. Yeah, the shapeshifters, you get to get out of your bucket. I barely, like... <laughs> The, cl- the dress that I have barely fits me, and it's like, I basically I'm in a nude. cat suit. Uh-uh, I'm gonna be yeah, out Fausto's of it. titties are just mm. flat. Oh, wait, no, saltine. Oh, wait, you're saltine? That's Marcus saltina. Sal- it's, you're saltina? It's, you're- it's saltina, Obama, Bouvier, but now that Trump's president, it's oh, saltina, shit. Trump. Uh, Bouvier. Uh, I don't get any more gigs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible name structure. And now. who is your counterpart? It's Daphne. Daphne. Daphne mm. Dumont. Daphne mm. Dumont. Beautiful. <laughs> She's a pretty lady. Mm. Anyway, a, you guys, thanks a, for listening. Yeah. We, ha- we have to run. We gotta go. Bye, so, everybody. Bye. 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 bye.